whoa you went no contact with your family like you don't talk to them at all nope because they're toxic as fuck are you also the villain for walking away from your toxic family in order to preserve your peace welcome to the character outs podcast where i am on a mission to normalize going no contact with toxic family welcome all you terrible people let's talk about it Welcome back to the Character Outs Podcast. My name is Terry, and I'm coming to you with a scratchy throat. You know how you wake up in the morning and you're like, fuck, I'm getting a cold, and it's happening. And I've been fighting it with, you know, Z-Cam and Denial and Elderberry Gummies, but I feel like coming on. I feel like I feel like this is like around the time last year when I got sick. Isn't that funny how you tend to get sick during the same time? Anyway, so... What's going on here? It's funny. I'm waiting for my husband to come home and I'm like, you know what? Gonna hop on real quick and record this episode while it's pertinent and still on my head and my heart. And so I said to my five-year-old, I was like, okay, you stay with your older brother. Mommy's gonna go record. And he's been really into his imaginary friend and in fact, I can hear him talking to his imaginary friend right now because the podcast room is right by his bedroom. So you might be, you might hear him talking to his imaginary friend in the background as I record this. But um, season one of Character Outs podcast is coming to a close on February 29th. My guest is going to be my daughter, my 23-year-old daughter. And it's funny, we've been kind of texting back and forth and she's like, oh my gosh, we need to talk about that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. And we need to talk about this. And I was like, I'm making a list. And she's like, don't worry, I have a list too. So I'm excited about our conversation. I hope that um, it resonates with you guys. And if there's any topics that you want her discussed, again, feel free to email me at characteroutspodcast at gmail.com. Um, like I've said in the in the past episodes, my DMs are are a little backed up. Um, that's why I'm looking forward to taking a break and connecting with each of you who have sent me a DM. But the fastest way for me to see anything is just emailing me. So if you have um, a topic that you want to hear my daughter and I discuss, go ahead and email me. That's that'll be the best way because we are recording tomorrow already and dropping the final episode of the season on February 29th. Um, so let's see, it's Tuesday today, and the past couple days have been a little rough, but um, feeling good, feeling um, feeling positive. So we just got back from Florida, um, where I grew up. Uh, when did we get home? We got home just a few days ago. And it's kind of our tradition now that we go down to Florida during February break, um, and it started because my depression was so horrible and we were in like the doldrums of winter and I literally could not function and I was just so sad and the New York winters were just taking it out of me because I grew up in Florida and of course moved to New York for my husband and I was really struggling. Like come February, I was just like translucent. I had no sun, no vitamin D. <laughs> I was basically... Uh, a mess. So a few years ago, my husband's like, why don't we go down and stay with my dad? And it's like just the recharge that I needed to keep getting through this Northeast winter. And it's become a tradition now. So it's nice. Um, but we just got home from that. And it, it's just interesting. 
you know, I grew up in Florida and, but it's funny, I was born in New York, but moved down to Florida when I was two, but was raised there, met my ex-husband there, raised, pretty much raised my first three kids there. You know, this no contact journey is is interesting because I'm not around any memories, any triggering memories or smells or environments that remind me of my family. Um, I shouldn't say that completely because my family does have a rich history in New York where I live, um, but I don't have any association with it. So it was just stories told to me and I feel like it impacts you differently when you have actual memories and life events that happen to you in a particular place. Um, so I, you know, it's just this no contact journey is just, it it has its ups and downs. And so today we're going to talk about hometown visits and I don't know where you are in relation to where your no contact family lives. I don't know if they live around the block from you or, um, you know, if they live far away from you, if you went far away, but I got to tell you, like, again, we've been going to Florida for the past three years and it's, it's hit me differently every year. And you know, it's funny, like no matter where we are on our healing journey, it's just so interesting to me because you can think that you're at such a place of healing and, and empowerment and think that you're fine. And then something completely innocuous just knocks you upside the head and you find yourself in these moments of heartache and sadness and your mind is spinning and it's 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 so strange you know so we're gonna i'm gonna talk about all that today i'm gonna talk about my hometown visit a little homage to the bachelor hometown dates hometown visits um so let's get started again a little background i grew up in Florida. Um, I Florida is pretty much the only thing that I remember. South Florida, Southeast Florida. And, you know, I was two when I moved down there. So the only thing I know is palm trees and the beach and heat and humidity and warm Christmases and walking outside barefoot and never wearing any shoes and mosquitoes in the middle of the night and learning how to lick your hand and smack them (laughs) so they die. And let's see, learning in school how to run zigzag away from an alligator. I mean, it's just, it's so different. And I especially compare it to raising kids in Florida as compared to raising kids in the Northeast. I mean, it's just like a different world. It's just funny. You know, I think when you're no contact with toxic family and you're focusing on your healing journey, you're really just doing that, right? Like I don't spend my time um, thinking about my family, if that makes sense. My family will come into my mind if I'm triggered by a memory or a song or a show or something like that, but I don't I don't spend my time thinking about them, if that makes sense. I've been no contact with my my father for, geez, four and a half years and my mother and my brother for three and a half years. And, you know, the more time that goes by, you make new memories. You They're not in your everyday life anymore, but they're still in your DNA. They're still in your memories. And so at different times, they can, they can pop up. So, you know, I didn't pack and get ready and even think about them, to be honest with you. You know, this is the third time that I'm going down to Florida and haven't seen my family. So, you know, you'd think, oh, the third time, you know, you're fine. The first time 
I went. Um, it was weird. There were moments of weirdness, you know, and I thought this is so fucked up. Like I'm here, I'm in the state where everybody I'm related to lives and I'm not going to see anyone. And each visit has hit me a little bit differently. And this time, again, I I just hadn't thought about it. The only thing I was thinking about was how excited my five-year-old was to get on the airplane, packing everything for him. You know how it goes, packing everything. Um, our 16-year-old came too, and so we just, we, packing his fishing gear and everything that you need to bring and whatever. And just the excitement of going on vacation and getting on an airplane and also complaining about the airfare. I mean, holy fuck, like, brr. Anyway, and I just, I hadn't thought about it. So got on the plane, yay, blah, blah, blah. And we land and we landed in the airport that I always flew out of um, growing up. Whereas the previous two years, we flew into a different airport that I really have little association with. It's, I have really kind of little to no memory, memories of flying out of that airport. But we landed in like my OG airport. I don't know what it was. I, I, we hadn't even exited the plane. I don't know what it was. And all of a sudden, all of these emotions hit me. And I'm sitting there and my mind is just flooded with, you know, I don't know if you guys can relate, but when you fly from somewhere cold to South Florida, the second the aircraft lands on the ground, you can feel the humidity seeping through the entire aircraft. <laughs> the second they open that door, the humidity floods in like a green poison from Sleeping Beauty and you feel the humidity, your hair starts to frizz and you start to sweat and you're like, well, I'm like, welcome home. <laughs> um, so it was just the weirdest feeling and I got really quiet and it's funny because we couldn't sit together because the, fl the flight was all booked. My husband was sitting behind me and I feel his hand on my shoulder. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, how did you know? And he's like, I could just tell, like, are you okay? And I'm like, not really. I'm like, I'm feeling really anxious. Like I just, I just want to get off the plane. I want to get, I want to get home. Like I just, I don't feel right. Like there's emotions really tumbling around and this feels weird. And then it was compounded because I'm walking through the airport that I had walked through several times with my mother and my brother. And I mean, it's the airport I took out of when I was dating my ex-husband. And it was just like, oh my God. And I'm looking at all the faces like, oh my gosh, like, could my mom be here on a flight? Could my brother be here on a flight? Could my father be here? Like, it was just really weird and really emotional. And it was unexpected, I think. More than anything, it was unexpected. Because again, I wasn't thinking about my family. I wasn't thinking about landing in Florida and not seeing them. I really, I hadn't thought about it. So that's how the trip started. And I was just kind of quiet and nervous. And the drive to my father-in-law's house, um, you know, I passed all of the memorable signs and the exit to my childhood home and the roads that I used to go on all the time and the university that I started at in community college. I went to community college for two years and then transferred to a university and just like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden like things and street names and, and you know, things associated with my mom, memories associated with my mom that 
I hadn't seen in years. And it's just funny because, you know, it's not only the names of the signs of the roads or anything, but it's just like that feeling, like even down to like the music on the radio and the feeling of the roads and the way people drive and the air and the smells and the trees blowing and the way the light is, it's just like, and it just, it hits you. And it's, it's just so funny because I was like, I'm so glad I don't live here. And my heart goes out to any of you who are trying to heal and create something new after you've gone no contact with your toxic family and yet you're still in the same environment that you left them. That's got to be so difficult and I will try my best because I can't relate to that. I will try my best to maybe get a guest on next season to discuss that aspect of it, that you have to heal and create something new amongst brokenness and memories and it's it's got to be so difficult so my heart goes out to you because i had the blessing of being able to escape and start new basically i was able to move to new york away from my toxic family and start fresh i don't worry about running into my mom at the grocery store i don't worry about running into my dad or my brother or or anything i don't worry about anything like that and so that's that's an oppressive emotion. So again, my heart goes out to all of you who are dealing with that. And I'll do my best to have someone who can kind of talk through that because it's got to be rough. And I know living it just for a week was not fun. And we didn't stay in the same town where my family lives. Um, but you know, I mean, it was just looking over my shoulder and being in the same, you know, South Florida, Publix. We don't have Publix in New York. It was just weird. It was the what if. What if I run into them? What what if? And so I think the other thing too is, is the ups and downs. So, and I really realized that I had the contrast of emotions because I usually create my Instagram content a good week in advance. And I had other content lined up to then just pop, pop the reels and pop the quotes out. But I ended up creating new reels based on what I was feeling at the moment. And if you look at my Instagram feed, it's like, you know, I, I posted one reel and it was legit of the day that I landed and all of the emotions associated there. And then the next day, it was this funny dog walking around in a little Cuban Latin outfit from Miami. And that was how I felt that day. I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't give any fucks. And then the next day, I heard a Bob Marley song and it was, you know, hey, little sister, don't shed no tear. And it hit me and I'm like, oh, damn, like, I'm not a little sister anymore. I, I'm a former little sister. And so then I recorded that. And, and you know, you look at my Instagram feed, it's like, okay, where are you? Who are you? Are you healed? Are you, are you empowering us? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And here's the thing. If you are new to this podcast, I'll tell you who I am and what I'm doing. I am on a mission to normalize no contact with toxic family. I am in the trenches of this no healing, no healing. <laughs> I am in the trenches of this healing, no contact journey with you. I'm reporting from the front lines about any and every emotion that I'm feeling at the time in order to help you make more, oh my God, can I speak today? In order to make you feel less alone. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm honest. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. Sometimes I'm feeling great. Sometimes I'm feeling low. And again, it's a journey. This whole healing journey is a journey. But the biggest thing is when I was feeling sad or I heard that Bob Marley song about little sister, 
I wasn't going to pick up the phone and call my brother. Why? I had to remember why I walked away. And it's those moments that you have to remember the reality of your past, not the romanticized version of what you wanted your past to be. You have to remember the reality of your past and why you left. You have to know your worth, know that you gave everything that you could give and you are at the right place. Look at how far you've come on your healing journey. And even that's the thing too, even though we have these spouts of, or spells of, of feeling down, emotionally down or missing our family or whatever, we have to remember that we're not stuck there. It's kind of like, you know, we're climbing this, this mountain and getting, higher and higher and our healing is getting better and better and sometimes you might slip down a few feet right but we're not going all the way back down to the valley like hell no our family is in the valley we're not going all the way back down that we are going to keep climbing we're going to keep going so one of the stories that my husband actually urged me to tell you guys is is a story um and, it, and my 16 year old that was with me and Right when we landed, he sent me a text and he said, um, hey, I really, I know what happened with you and, and, and Gia, who he, the, the kids called my mother. He said, but I don't really know what happened with you and my uncle and my cousins. And I said, okay. And he's 16. And so I gave him the brief rated G synopsis. And I just, I said, you know, mom was really hurt. Um, you know, my brother wasn't there while I was going through my divorce and when Gia kicked us out of the house and then he lied to your cousins and said that mommy was bad because she was working at a casino and, you know, my brother just wasn't there for those two years and kind of disappeared and it, it really hurt, but then you know, reconciled with Gia. So then all of a sudden, you know, your uncle's back in our life. And I kind of just wanted to let it go and have a family again and water under the bridge. And I've always told them that I would never keep them from having a relationship with their cousins. So they communicate with their cousins on the side. Uh, they text, they they play video games. All of my children, well, two out of two out of three of my children communicate with their cousins, my brother's children. Um, and I would never tell them to not. Um, it's That's their choice. So the question came up and my son says to me, um, I have a big question. He texts this to me. Of course, don't you love parenting in, in the modern day? He texts me, I have a question, a big question. I was like, okay, go. And he says, I want to see my cousin. And I was like, okay. And he said, you know, can he come here and we can kind of walk around the neighborhood and fish and... And all of a sudden I felt my blood run cold and I took a minute and I thought about it. And then I responded with, no, I said, he's not welcome where we're staying. I said, you have to understand that my brother is still in contact with my mother, with my father, with my stepfather. I said, baby, they've been out of my life for so long. They don't know anything about me. The thought of having them close, even knowing where we stay when we visit Florida makes me very uncomfortable. I'm not comfortable with that. I said, you can meet at a neutral neutral location. Um, I said, you can take an Uber. 
and the Uber can take you to a restaurant. You can spend a couple hours with your cousin, but that's it. Um, you're not getting in the car with your uncle and your cousin can't come here. That's it. And I woke up the next morning and I still was so unsettled about even my brother being anywhere near me or, or my child. And, um, I realized that I had kind of watered down really why I'm so opposed to my son being around my brother. And so I laid it on him and I've always felt, and I've always governed myself this way as a mom. Um, you know, it's kind of like they tell you when, when your kid comes to you and asks you about sex, like only answer the questions that they ask, right? Like, like don't answer or expound any, any more than what they ask, because chances are they don't need your, your additional information. Just answer what they ask you, period, move on, and always be honest. And I always promised my kids, you know, you want an answer, I will never lie to you. I will tell you the truth. And I've always done that. And I've told the truth in accordance to their age, you know, what they can digest. And I realized that my son is 16. He is a smart, incredible, amazing young man. And he was feeling confused. He didn't understand. And I realized that I had given him the dumbed down version of why I have no contact with my brother. So I decided to lay it on the line and I woke up the next morning and I was like, hey, I said, you know, you asked why I'm no contact with my brother. I said, but I gave you the kind of watered down version. I said, here's the real version if you're ready for it. And he said, yes. And I went back. I went back to... You know, my dad and my brother had been involved with some criminal things, cleaning up um, bloody carpet, dumping it behind a dumping it behind a bowling alley. Um, that that's been common knowledge since I was younger, and you know, it was it was said to me, oh, you know, they weren't involved with anything; they just helped clean up. Okay, pretty creepy. Explained to him the main reason that I ended up going no contact for good with my brother was he was involved in some kind of shady deal to get his house back and I get a text and it says it has his name and it says oh the package is out for delivery I'm like why am I getting this text and at the time I was communicating with my brother and I texted him and I, I was like borderline ready to go no contact. And I texted him and, and I said, what is this? And why is my name, why is my phone number associated with your name? And he responded with, I don't know. And I'm like, we'll find out and fix it immediately. And then you know how it is. It's like, then I'm like piecing things together because I was just no contact with my mom and I'm remembering stories that she told me and I'm thinking about what he's telling me and I'm like wait wait a damn fucking minute and then I get the package wasn't delivered whatever and I called the number that they gave that that was texted to me and the lady's like yes um your name is associated with this account but unless you have uh, the last four digits of the account holder's social security number, I can't give you access and I can't take you off of the account. And I was like, what the fuck? So I am still currently 
on something associated with my brother that I can't get off of because I don't know the last four of his social. And he played dumb. And it was that moment that I was like, you know what, you shady motherfucker, fuck you. Fuck you. So I told him about that too. You know, I explained, I reiterated again that my brother was nowhere to be found when when my mother kicked us out that that he i'm i'm convinced has been on drugs i've seen him acting like he's on cocaine um i've seen him wake up and take fireball shots good morning rubbing his nose as if he had just done something you know blacked out a few times at my house um you know, driving with a Corona in the in the front seat, really disconnected. Um, you know, and the final straw for me was when the, at my my daughter's graduation party when my stepmother punched me, and my dad then said that I was dead to him. You know, my brother vowed he vowed, oh well, you know, I promise you, I promise you that you know I'll t- I'll talk to dad this is ridiculous and then he got home and all of a sudden believed my father's twisted version of reality and I became the bitch again always um, and then I'm forgetting an important piece of information that when I was kicked out of my mother's house it was right around the time that my grandmother died and my brother was executor of the will and I was always told by my mother that I was written out of the will um, that grant that my grandmother Grammy wrote me out of the will and it never really made sense and you know my mother showed me this document you know it's legal document um, saying look here see it says and you know listen my name you know gets nothing see see what she did to you and and now your brother's executor of the of this the estate and so information started to trickle out about that and come to find out that I believe now that my brother and mother aligned and <laughs> I took took my part of the inheritance. So I don't think that my grandmother actually cut me out of the will. I think my brother and my mother cut me out of the will. And um, information came from my father when we were close that, yeah, you know, your brother was supposed to give you that part of the money. And what's really fucked up now that I look back is like, my mom played the victim of, oh, I can't believe I'm not executor. I, oh, I can't believe that Grammy made your brother the executor. And, and oh, I just can't believe it. And then I had my brother saying to me, yeah, don't worry, T. You know, I'll split everything with you. Told me three times, don't worry, I'll split everything with you. And then my grandmother actually passed away. My brother fell off of the off the face of the earth. My divorce worked very much in their favor because I guess they saw me as unstable. I wasn't the one doing drugs, P.S. And yeah, so my brother used that opportunity to... So I don't know who was lying to me. Maybe everyone was lying to me. I don't know, right? Like, who, who even fucking knows? I think I've spoke before on the podcast that my mother offered me $10,000 to break up with the the guy I was dating because she didn't like him. Um, yeah, so that's all fun and good. I'm like, oh, you bribed me with what was my own money? That's that's fun. Um, so all that to say, I let it all out there and I told him everything. And his response was, holy shit. <laughs> the next thing he said was, thank you for being honest with me. And I, you know... 
it's it's terrible how as we speak about the terrible ways in which our toxic family behaved their terrible choices why is it that we are the ones who feel like shit because we're talking about it, right? Like even now I feel so icky, like I feel yucky. Like I felt yucky for even having to tell my son those stories. But you know what? Like that's what happened. And when we're honest with our kids and we're not fluffing anything and we've never lied to them in the past and we're not lying to them now, it gives them a sense of acceptance and they need to know. Otherwise, why carry on the narrative that everything is fine? Why? Why? I mean, we're not going to go out of our way to badmouth and bash our toxic family because we're not like them. But for fuck's sake, when our kids come to us and say what happened, why are we going to try to like paint a different version of what happened? Yeah, it's disgusting. It's gross. This is reality. This is our family. Here it is. It sucks. I'm here for you. I have any more questions if you want answers. And I said, listen, I, I know this is a lot. I said, but I'd rather have you know the truth than have you wonder. And I need you to know that they're not good people. I don't trust you with them. I don't trust that your uncle's going to be drugged up and drunk and drive you home, God forbid. I don't trust him to take care of you. I, I don't know my nephews anymore. I mean, that's just like the reality. Like if I'm going to talk honestly with you guys, I don't know my nephews anymore. I haven't seen my nephews in what, 13 years? Like I I don't I don't know what kind of kids these are. They, they may be great kids, but I don't know them. You know, it's like I wouldn't let my kids go hang out for a day or hours with kids that I, I've never heard before. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I all of my kids' friends, I know all my kids' friends. I know that they're good people. And I know my kids are good people. And I know that they have this relationship. I know my son in particular has this relationship with his cousin. But I don't really know him. I don't, I don't know. I've, I've heard some funky stories and it just made me nervous as a mom. And again, I didn't tell my son this information to vilify or anything like that. It was just the truth. And he needed to understand what he was getting himself into and what he was aligning himself with. And that was a very emotional, like kind of a blow, I think. Um, Because again, I don't, I don't like to talk bad about my, as I have a, as I have a podcast about toxic families, I don't like to, I don't spend time talking shit about my family. I just don't. But if one of my kids is going to say, well, why can't I see them? Well, why can't I just go to my uncle's house? Well, I'll tell you why. It's not safe. And I don't know what your reasons are for no contact, um, and what your boundaries are. And it's just interesting because I thought, you know, it did. It flew through my head like, well, fuck. Like, okay, well, my son wants to see his cousin. Do I break no contact and call my brother and be like, hey, do you want to get the kids together? Absolutely fucking not. Absolutely fucking not. And here's the thing. 
my children's well-being is more important than their relationship with their cousins there. I said it. My children's well-being is more important than their relationship with their uncle. It's secondary. What is primary? Keeping my child safe, keeping my child around healthy boundaries, keeping my child around healthy relationships. Now, I always say to all of my kids, when you are a legal adult, you are free to reach out to any family member and have a relationship with them. I will not stop you. All of my children have their their grandmother and their grandfather and their, their step-grandmother's names and numbers in their phones. They can contact them whenever they want, but alone, visits, not until you're 18, and you need to walk in equipped and knowing what you're walking into, which I feel like that was important. So I feel like next season would be a good episode to talk about, you know, that tricky area where the cousins are talking, but you're not talking to your sibling. What do you do? What do you do? So that's what I did. And, you know, as I sit here and tell you that story, um, it's a little unsettling for me because depending on who's listening, it could be like, oh, you bitch. Like, I can't believe you told your kids that. Da, 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 da. You know what, you guys? Like, I'm always going to be honest with you about this journey. I'm always going to be honest about what I deal with and how I handle it. And I'm not going to be for everybody. I will offend some people and they will unfollow me or I will resonate with people. I don't care. The only people I care about are the people who are lost, the people who are hurting, the people who feel like villains, the people who don't know what to do. And that's, that's all I care about. Those are the only people I care about. The people who are listening and say, okay, so it doesn't make me a total asshole if I don't let my kid be around their, their uncle or aunt. No, it doesn't. Because again, your primary purpose is to protect your children, to protect your boundaries, keep your boundaries, and keep your child safe. That's it. That is your primary job. That is not, here's the thing too, because then you can be like, well, am I, am I the narcissist then? Because that's what my mom did. My mom kept me from people. Okay, let's talk about that. Your mom kept you or your narcissistic father kept you from people in general. Anyone who was a threat to the relationship with my mother and I was ousted. They were bad, don't hang out with them, cut them off. But when it comes down to a healthy boundary, and this is where we need to to normalize the no contact with toxic family, we need to normalize it because we're not narcissists because we are wanting our children to be around healthy people. You know, at the end of the day, we're presenting them with the truth. We are not at the right time, at the right age, I need to say, but we're not controlling the narrative. We're not making anything up. Do you know what I mean? I think we can kind of get lost in that. Like, I'm not making anything up. Like, that is what happened. This is who your uncle is. This is who your grandmother is. I'm not fucking making it up. I'm not. And... I also feel like, you know, we were told, don't like them, don't hang out with them. I presented the information to my son. I still said, hey, you can still meet your cousin at a neutral location. 
for fuck's sake. I mean, even if my brother would have been there, I would have been like, fine, neutral location in public. You just can't get in the car with him. (laughs) Okay. Can't get in the car with him. So boundaries until they are adults, until they can process, until they can protect themselves. And I mean, I I don't see anything wrong with that. And I feel like society would be and is so quick to judge and condemn us for protecting our children. And again, not to talk in circles, but to be, but then, you know, you think, oh my God, but I'm the narcissist. Like I'm controlling who's in my child's life. I I disagree. I, I disagree. I, I think that for me, I was never allowed to think on my feet. I was never allowed I was never given the whole picture and I was never given the truth either. Here's the other big thing. Me telling my child the truth of why we don't hang out with family anymore is just giving them information. It didn't come with any strings. I didn't say to my son, well, here's the information. Now block them. You are not allowed to speak to them or I will take my love away from you. You know, there's, there's no, I I didn't give any consequences, if that makes sense. You present information and you leave it. But what happened in, let's say a conversation with our narcissistic parent, it was this person's bad, cut them off or I cut you off. No, I wasn't going to cut my son off if he went and had lunch with his cousin. But what would your narcissistic mother have done if you hung out, even spoke on the phone, or were friends with an arch enemy of hers? She would punish you until you fell in line and then you cut them off too. Here's the thing. I don't hate my family. I just can't be around them. They're toxic. They are dangerous in some cases. And so if I can't be around them, I'm I'm certainly not going to allow my children to be around them. I think so many times in life, you know, again, we want to parent and we want to govern ourselves in the complete opposite manner in which we were raised and in which we were taught, right? So our initial response is, well, my mom used to always tell me, well, that person is bad, hate them hate them. How are you handling it with your kids? How did I handle it with my kids? I didn't tell my son to hate him. I didn't tell my son he couldn't see his cousins. Um, I, I didn't say any of that. I presented the truth and that's the key to, we were never presented with the truth. We were presented with the version and only the one-sided version of what our narcissistic parent wanted us to see. So I hope any of that made sense. I know I kind of talked in circles, but yeah, it was just, I really, I thought about it and thought about it and really struggled with sharing that particular story. Um, But I have to, I have to be honest on this podcast, whether I sound nice or not. And you know what? It's not about being nice. And look how quickly we go to the nice girl and the good girl right? Like, so we are no longer in the business of being nice girls. We're not. We are strong, powerful individuals who know our worth, who know our boundaries, who know why we don't talk to our toxic families. And if we're not going to put ourselves through the emotional abuse anymore, 
That means we need to break the toxic generational cycles and protect our kids from it, right? Yes. <sighs> okay. So I did have um, lunch with one of my best friend's mom. And of course, she picked the restaurant that my mom and I frequented. And we sat at the very same table that we used to sit at. So I was definitely looking over my shoulder like, oh, fuck, like walking to the bathroom, like, oh, my God, am I going to see my mom? Am I going to see my mom? Um, but it was a beautiful lunch. And, you know, I've said before, you know, connecting with people who knew you as a kid, you know, we don't have that. When you're in no contact with your toxic family, you don't have that person who's older than you telling fond memories or when you were little. And and she did that. So I got home from that and I thought it was fine. I really thought it was fine. It, there, nothing happened at lunch. It was a beautiful lunch. Stopped on the way home and got my son some fishing bait, you know, listened to music on the way home with the windows rolled down and felt the humidity. And it, it was it was a beautiful afternoon, right? But stopped at Walgreens, got my husband some candy, or, you know, diabetics in my house. Um, and I walked in and and, and my husband wasn't doing anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong, but he was just sitting there on the bed and he kind of just like looked up at me and he was just like, hi. And I just like looked down at his phone. You guys, that bothered, that bothered me so bad. Like that pissed me off. Let me tell you what. And I was just like, well, fine. And threw the bag of candy at him. And I was like, well, fuck you. And you don't even know. And da 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 And he's just like what like did you not have a good lunch i'm like no i did i don't know what's wrong with me <laughs> and it was just so strange like sometimes you know you're I, I was carrying this these weird emotions thinking i was fine but i wasn't really fine and what triggered it was my husband looking up at me and not getting up off the bed and giving me a proper greeting like Hail to the queen? Who do I think I am? Like, <laughs> what? And he was cute. He was like, you have to talk about this on the podcast. He's like, you know, I should have been more cognizant that, you know, you're driving through your hometown and you're meeting someone from your past and, and this is an emotional time for you. And I was really insensitive and I'm like, I mean, God, yes, but no, it's on me. And he was just cute. He's like, you have to talk about this. He's like, a spouses really need to understand that there's so many underlying emotions that really sometimes you don't even realize are there and then they and then they come out and all of a sudden your spouse is on the receiving end of a flying Walgreens bag of candy at their head. <laughs> so, well, his feet actually, I wouldn't throw anything at his head, but I shouldn't have thrown at his feet. Anyway, anyway, I'm babbling. Anyways, all that to say, um, it's just funny, like on the way to the airport, I um, I was I was uh, looking out the window at the roads that I used to drive when I commuted to college, and just thinking about like it just brought back like my college boyfriend, and because you know how it is, like the sun was hitting the trees in a certain way, and it reminded me of my commute on the way home, and I was just like, <gasps> like just all of a sudden brought back to that time in my life, and and I remember thinking like, wow, like who would I be today had I found myself and known my worth in my 20s, you know? And I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason and you can't have regrets because at one time that was the right choice for you. And I just feel like it would be a really sad thing if we 
stayed in that place of what if, you know, we, we can, we can experience it and we can feel it and maybe even mourn it if we need to. But I just feel like it's something that we need to walk through instead of stay in. But it just got me thinking, you know, it just really jogged my memory of, you know, who would I, who would I have become if I was allowed to do the profession that I wanted, if I was allowed to go to the school that I wanted to, if I was allowed to hang out with the people that I wanted to, like, who, who would I have been? Maybe I would have been in the exact same place and been the exact same person. And you know what? All I know is I am here right now and my life is where it is right now. And, you know, you can't, you can't change anything. You know, you can just look back and look at where you came from and be proud of where you came from and everything that you survived. So, so we got back to New York, we landed and I saw, we were waiting for our baggage and I saw this sweet dad and just really fondly look at his daughter and kiss her on the cheek. And then she, she walked away to get a donut or something and just walking her walk, watching her walk away from her father so confidently. And she must've been probably 15, maybe 16. And I was just like, wow, like the impact of a consistent, loving parent, like, wow, wow. And I, I felt so happy in my heart for that girl because, you know, everybody's going to have their shit, but wow, like to have a parent who loves you like that, who looks at you like that, who supports you like that. And, um, yeah, you know, for us who come from toxic families, like we don't, we never had that. Everything was conditional. Um, but we are able to break the toxic generational cycle and we're able to give that to our kids, right? And that's why I refuse. I refuse to have any shame for keeping my kids away from toxic family. I refuse. Because just as that one look of, wow, I love you, from that father to the daughter, what it did and what it has done repeatedly over the years, clearly to her confidence as she walked away to go get her donut. What one negative look, what one negative comment, what one emotionally abusive comment, what one manipulative comment that our family, our toxic family, aunt, uncle, cousins, grandmothers, grandfather, I don't care who it is that you share DNA with. One negative look to our children can impact them as well. We experienced it and we are not going to allow it to our children. And we have to go through the pain. We have to go through breaking all of these cycles. We have to go through the healing, but we are not alone. We are in this together. Oh, that's it. Um, I realized I didn't sing a song. Um, the song that was stuck in my head, and you guys are going to be like, can you just stop with the Taylor Swift already? Like, for fuck's sake. No, I will not stop with the Taylor Swift already. Okay? I won't. Maybe I might get another artist in my head, but for now, it's Taylor Swift. So, you know what? It is what it is. Okay, friends? That's it. The story, the story, the song that has been in my head all week long is... Um, um, and now I'm going blank. What is the song? Um, the Last Great American Dynasty. You know it. You know it. 
I had a marvelous time ruining everything. I just, I would blast that song as I rode down the streets of my hometown and you know, not not to say that I'm I'm that egocentric to think that I ruined everything. Like I don't think I ruined everything, um, but you know, I shook things up a little bit. I made some people's lives uncomfortable. Why? Because I called them out on their bullshit. Because they don't have access to me and my children anymore. Because I won't allow them to manipulate and abuse and abuse, manipulate and emotionally abuse my children, and. I, quite frankly, had a marvelous time ruining everything. <laughs> All right, you guys. So this is my last solo episode of season one. I am so excited to bring season two to you. Some of the topics that I'm going to be talking about are the fear of walking away, how you aren't allowed to love anyone but your narcissistic mother, acceptance of no contact, did you ever think you were the golden child, what I do for self-care, giving ourselves grace, being discarded is not okay and you don't have to put up with it, one day at a time, why you should stay no contact, breaking toxic generational cycles, and the kids are going to be just fine. So these are just a few episodes that have been going through my head that I've been simultaneously thinking about and that I can't wait to bring to you in season two of Character Outs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hitting follow. Thank you for all of the reviews and thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for um, your trust. And if you would like to be a part of the Character Outs podcast for next season, please email me characteroutspodcast at gmail.com. We can connect there and I will still be active on Instagram. I'm going to be recycling some of um, the reels that resonated most with you and quotes that resonated most with you. And so, but I'll still be, have a presence. I'm still going to be checking my email and connecting with you on DMs that I had, that I have sadly not been able to get to. So, um, that's it. Season two of the Character Outs podcast will drop on March 18th, my birthday. And I wish you all a beautiful few weeks away. And I'm still here though. If you are struggling, if you have a question, if you need to vent, um, again, feel free to email me at characteroutspodcast at gmail.com. Um, I will see you in a couple days for our final episode of the season with my daughter. So cheers until next time, friends. Thank you.